Welcome to Power of the Cross Radio Sermons. Up next is a two-part sermon session from Brother Lauren Larson. We know this message titled, So That I Might See, will be a blessing to you. Now, here is part two of the sermon. Oh, I wish I could just help you to see it. He paid the price. You didn't pay for your salvation. You didn't pay for the blessing. You didn't pay for what he's done. You don't pay for what you have in these spiritual blessings. He paid for it and then says, here you go. We have redemption through the sacrifice of Christ. What Jesus did for us on the cross is what opened up all the blessings of God. And in verse 7, those blessings include forgiveness of sins. Phew! Forgiveness of sins. All sin. Past, present, and future. Now we've got to talk about that a minute because some people are teaching today that what we do in the present really doesn't matter because all sins are taken care of. And that's not right. We are called to live out holy and blameless. We are justified. But everything that was done in my past has been put under the blood. And therefore, everything in my past is forgiven. Everything in today's world, in today, in today, any wrong thought, action, deed, motivation that I might have that I become aware of, I need to take to my Heavenly Father and ask Him to forgive me for it. And some of the teaching that's going on through the grace revolution and other areas that are, that are in error say, well, you don't, you don't have to, you don't have to confess your sins to God. Your confession doesn't earn freedom from sin. Only what Christ did at Calvary can do that. But your confession of sin to the Father is the way and the means by which you place behind you the event that's now troubling you on your conscience, making you feel shamed and guilty. I go to the Father and confess my sin not so that I can earn forgiveness, but so that I can appropriate what Christ did for me at Calvary by faith. My confession to the Father is I know that what I did was wrong. I'm I'm admitting what God thought and knew already, that what I thought, what I did, what I acted, that was wrong. And I confess it to Him But I'm not worried about His failing to forgive me because 2,000 years ago on Calvary, Jesus paid it all. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to His own way. But the Lord laid on Him the iniquity of us all. I have forgiveness of sins. Past, present, future. When I fail sometime in the future, because Hannah makes me mad. Just kidding. Kind of. And I have to go to her and apologize to her and go to God and apologize to Him. I don't have to doubt that I'll walk away cleansed and freed, and then I can put that thing behind me. See, confessing your sin to the Father is really a way for you to end the whole situation, get a clean slate, and move forward. You don't think about it anymore. But your confession doesn't pay for sin. Christ already did that. 
That's why we can say Christ paid for our sins, past, present, and future. And that's why we also say we should confess our sins so they no longer bother us. Do you know what you have, what the hope of your calling is? Lastly, in verse 8, he says, "...having made known unto us the mystery of His will." In Ephesians, whenever Paul is talking about mystery, he's talking about the new covenant. And the new covenant it was a mystery. It was something that was veiled. It couldn't clearly be seen, like a statue uh, in a square that's about to be unveiled. It's got a, a veil or a sheet or a, a covering on it. And when they dedicate that statue, somebody comes along and rips that sheet off, and the next thing you know, you see that big statue that's there, and you see the full picture. It's behind the veil, it's behind the covering, it remains a mystery. But when it's unveiled, it's no longer a mystery. You get it? So the mystery of God's will was what God intended to do in Christ and at the cross and how He cut covenant so that we all could become a part of it. And while that was typified and somewhat seen in the sacrificial system, it really wasn't understood. And even for the first ten years of the church, they didn't really preach about the blood and the cross. They preached about the resurrection and faith in Jesus, which was right. But it was to the Apostle Paul, according to 1 Corinthians 15.3, that God told him that the cross of Christ brought about the payment of sin. And that was the mystery of God's will. But now it's common knowledge for us. The mystery of His will. The new covenant is so marvelous. It's so beautiful. It's so wonderful. And God has chosen to reveal it. Do you know what the hope of His calling is? Secondly, He says, what the riches of the glory of His inheritance in the saints. Inheritance. That's the key word. And the riches of His glory of His inheritance. Do you understand that God views you as His inheritance? Not that He leaves you an inheritance, which He does, and He will. But He views you as His inheritance. Out of all the things in the world that God wanted most of all, He wanted you. Wow. And He says, that's, that, that's what I was hoping when it was all over, said and done, that I would have. That I would have my inheritance. God views us as His possession. In verse 5, He says, in light of this, that we are the adoption. Do you realize you've been adopted into the family of God? Do you understand that? Do you have a revelation of it? Your last name is not, as mine was, Larson. It's Jehovah. Did you know that? You have a new last name. You've been adopted. My oldest daughter, Joy, is adopted. Hannah had her before we got married and raised her as a single mom. But when she got into uh, our, our little family, we got, I got married, and right away I have a six, seven-year-old daughter, and her last name was Thomas. And so uh, she would, at FCA, they have two car lines, and the back car line was A through H or I or whatever, J, what was it? Do you remember? I don't either. Uh, anyway, A through M. And then the front car line was N through Z. And her last name, Hannah's maiden name, was Thomas. So Joy was Joy Thomas. 
And so she always went to the back car line because it was N through T in the back and A through M in the front. And we've been married about a year. And she says to me, she comes up and she says, Lauren, when am I going to get to change car lines? And I thought, right now. Because all I wanted was that little girl to tell me that's what she wanted. And we went to the judge and we got all the legal work done and changed her name legally and adopted her. And Joy has always been up. Her name is Joy. It's Joy. And she has been that. Great child. Great kid. Great person. We're better. We're closer today than I think we've ever been. But when I went to the judge and we sat in his chambers, he looked at me and he said, you know now, Mr. Larson, that this person that you're adopting, it's as if she has never had any authority or father outside of you. You are responsible for her. Did you know that that's what adoption does? Did you know that God chose you and then adopted you? And said to you, I'm the only father you will ever need to have. You are the inheritance of God. He has adopted you as His children. You are accepted in the Beloved, verse 6. And one day He's going to gather all things together in Christ, all peoples and things in heaven and earth, And by the way, in verse 11, we have obtained an inheritance. Not only are we His inheritance, do you know the hope and the glory of His inheritance? I'm trying to hurry, but He says we have an inheritance. In Romans 8, 17, the Bible says that if we're God's children, then we're heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. So whatever Christ was granted as a result of His time frame here on earth, we now share in that which Christ was granted. And according to Christ's word, after the resurrection, he looked at the apostles and he said, all power and all glory and all authority is now granted unto me. Do you know what your inheritance is? Come on, don't let me. See, you need to have a revelation and illumination and an opening up of your heart of what God has offered you as a child of God. Do you understand the riches of the glory of that inheritance? Do you know that the only thing that you can have, according to Philippians 4.19, my God shall supply all your need according to His riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So the only thing available to you, I'm sorry, it's so minute, it's so small. The only thing that you can have is His riches in glory by Christ. Whatever God has in glory that include riches that Christ paid for, that's all you can have. I'm sorry that you're disappointed in your inheritance. Maybe you just need to have your eyes opened and your spirit man rejoicing over what it is that is the, in fact, the riches of the glory of your inheritance. Okay, I'm hurrying. I know that we're about done. Verse 19. And what is the great, exceeding greatness of his power to us, word who believe? 
Paul wanted them to understand the hope of their calling. He wanted them to understand the glory of the riches of the inheritance that we are and that we have. And he wanted the people that he was writing to to understand the greatness. Listen, the greatness. Got to say it again. The greatness of His power to us inward. Dear listeners of Power of the Cross Radio, we're reaching out to you today with a heartfelt request that can make a world of difference. Our mission to spread hope, faith, and inspiration relies on your generous support. For years, Power of the Cross Radio has been a guiding light, bringing you messages of love, healing, and spiritual growth. But to continue touching lives, we need your help. Your contributions enable us to produce quality content, reach wider audiences, and keep the message of faith alive. Every dollar you offer is an investment in nurturing souls and fostering a community of believers. Join hands with us today. Your offering, whether big or small, holds the power to transform lives. Together, we can ensure that the light of power of the Cross Radio continues to shine brightly. Visit our website at www.cross.radio to make your secure donation. Remember, it's not just a financial contribution, it's a step towards spreading love, hope, and the message of the Cross to those who need it most. Thank you for being a part of this incredible journey. Your support fuels our mission, and together, we can make a profound impact. Now, back to the message. The power that's available to us is found in verse 13 of these spiritual blessings. And he says, when you believe, you were sealed with the power of the Holy Spirit. That means the Holy Spirit places a seal on your heart and enters and becomes a specific member of the Godhead, the triune Godhead, Son, Father, and Holy Spirit that lives on the inside of you. And according to Romans' teaching in Romans chapter 8, and again, Pentecostals, you need to be careful. Don't look at everything through the eyes of the baptism with the Holy Spirit. You need to understand what salvation affords you. In Romans chapter 8 and verse 11, the Bible says, But if the Spirit of Him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, He that raised up Christ from the dead will also quicken or make alive your mortal bodies. Do you understand that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is now living in you, and that's the power that you need to rely on to transform you from what you have been to what God wants you to become? And it's not earned, and it's not given because of how well you perform, or how much you go to church, or how much you read, or fasting and praying. None of that is payment for power. What Christ did on Calvary paid the price for the Holy Spirit to come inside. It not only cleared the way by granting us forgiveness of sins, giving us a status of justification, but now, listen, in you dwells the same power that opened up the Red Sea. In you is the same power that tore down Jericho walls. In you is the same power that rose Jesus, raised Jesus from the dead. 
I don't care what it is that is in you that is not like Christ. If you'll place your faith in who Jesus is and what Jesus has done, God the Holy Spirit will honor the sacrifice of Christ and He will begin to operate in this power. And what that tells me is that there is absolutely, listen, there is absolutely this truth. Everybody and anybody can be free from everything and anything. Everybody and anybody can be freed from everything and anything. Do you see? Do you understand? Does your heart grasp the truth of the power, the greatness of the power? Every attitude that stinketh on the inside of you can be gone. Every wrong thought, every lustful position, every, every, every desire that's envious and jealous of position, everything that's not like God in you can be crushed and washed away in the power of God's grace and in the power of the Holy Spirit if you will but humble yourself and look to Christ and say, I believe that you paid the price for this power to live in me. And I believe that power is activated as I humble myself before God and I look to you to be my deliverer and my sanctifier and my justifier. Everybody and anybody can can be free from everything and anything. There's nothing that God can't change about a human being. Do you know that? If you knew that, then we wouldn't be looking to all the other ways and means that the church is to deliver people. We would get them introduced to Christ. And then we would encourage them to look to Christ exclusively and to learn of that great power that lives on the inside of you. What the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh, God, sending His Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, did condemning sin in the flesh. In every city and town in America, every nation really, there's a building there that has stood too long and is no longer safe. And the the city fathers will rope it off and they'll slap a sign on it that says, Condemned. And what that means is at any certain time that they choose, they're going to send the bulldozers and the trucks and the workmen and the hammers and, and the swinging ball if they need it, and they're going to tear that building down because it's condemned. The Son of God on Calvary condemned every sin that has ever existed. I don't know what it is that's in you that needs to be changed, but on it is a sign from Christ that said, condemned. And He's ready to tear it down and take it completely out of you. And you can't earn that. You don't deserve that. You receive that by faith. Faith and grace is the only way God works in the new covenant. That's the mystery of His will. For by grace are you saved, healed, protected, delivered, made whole by faith. Do you understand the greatness of His power to us who believe? And secondly and lastly, there's a power for ministry. As I said, I'm a classic Pentecostal. Now that means that I believe in the doctrine of subsequence. What does that mean? It means that there's another event 
that I can experience. The Holy Spirit can come upon me for the purpose of ministry. And it's a doctrine of subsequence because it's subsequent to salvation. That's evidenced in Scriptures when the person is saved here and we receive all the benefits of salvation, the Holy Spirit lives in us. And then over here, whether it's ten minutes or six years or ten seconds, the power of the Holy Spirit can fall upon us. And when it does, it fills us with strength and power, ushers in potential gifts of the Spirit, and the ability to perform ministry, the spirit of prophecy, signs, miracles, and wonders. Do you understand the greatness of His power towards those, those of us who believe? I am not a cessationist at all. I don't believe that what God did yesterday, He doesn't want to do today. I still believe that God heals. I still believe that God delivers. I still believe that God wants the gifts of the Spirit active in every single church that has ever existed. And I'm not here to pick on those who don't believe that. But I will inform those that don't believe it that I believe it. And give them the opportunity to receive it and pray that the eyes of their understanding and wisdom and revelation would embrace the greatness of His power towards us who believe. And once again, I need you to understand this, and I don't want to get on my soapbox, but salvation brings the work of the Holy Spirit that is a non-stop, never-ending fact as long as my faith is centered in Christ. My trust is in Him. It's in what He did. What He's done for me. That way, the Holy Spirit never stops working. But the power of the Holy Spirit for service is different. I don't live in that. I don't wake up every morning and start preaching to my wife. Might be a good idea, but after two or three days of that, I'm I'm going to have to come live with you. I don't I don't get up every day with the same anointing to perform a function because it's not needed. The Holy Spirit fills us with power for service when it's time for service. But the power that lives in me to transform me is in me as a constant, never leaving, never changing, and only requires that my faith stay focused and centered on Jesus, the one who loved me and gave himself for me. I don't want to frustrate the grace of God for my transformation. We have to come to know the difference between the power for transformation, I'd rather call it probably spiritual renewal after salvation, than the power for ministry. But I don't believe that God intended for either aspect of power to be neglected or unknown. So I say, do you know the greatness of His power? that's available to us who believe. We need the ever-increasing light of the Holy Spirit to open the eyes of our heart to understand better God's spiritual blessings, which will result in a deeper walk with Christ and a much more profitable ministry as we share the Gospel. That's us. That's what I want to be. 
I'll be honest with you, I have taken this prayer of Paul over the last few months and made it my own. And I haven't been praying so much for other people, but for myself. Lord, open the eyes of my heart. Help me to see and understand and grasp what is the hope of Your calling, what my inheritance really is, and what is the greatness of Your power that's of a show me. Show me what I don't know. And as you humble yourself, He will begin to show you things you haven't seen before. As you rely on Him, He'll show you things that you've never seen before. Are you ready to see what He wants to show you that I might see? I am. I want to be that person that prays that, that receives it, and encourages others to seek God for what you should know and what you can know and what you can experience. Oh, it's a great salvation. It's a great God. He's a wonderful Jesus. Would you stand with me, please? Heavenly Father, we just come before You today and we ask, Lord God, that these things that have been said, this instruction, this teaching, this proclamation, this preaching, would encourage every believer that is here to reach out and ask the Father for a better understanding of the things that we already know and to show us the things that we don't know at all, things we haven't even seen yet. Lord, there's nothing better than living with You and living for You. And for this I give You praise, and for this I give You glory. In Jesus' name we pray it, Amen. And amen. Thank you for tuning in to Power of the Cross Radio. We hope these moments of inspiration have stirred your heart and uplifted your soul. Our mission is to share the timeless message of hope, love, and transformation that the cross represents. But we couldn't do this without you, our dedicated listeners. Your support breathes life into our broadcasts, enabling us to reach even more people with this powerful message. As you've experienced firsthand, the words spoken and the music played have the ability to touch lives and bring about positive change. If Power of the Cross Radio has become a source of encouragement and light for you, we kindly ask for your help in sustaining this ministry. Your contributions, whether big or small, make a significant impact in keeping this radio station on the airwaves. By partnering with us, you become part of a community that is spreading love, faith, and healing to all corners of the world. So please, consider supporting us financially, sharing about us with friends and family, and returning to listen. Let's continue this journey together, as we dive deeper into the profound message of the cross and its transformative power. Thank you for your unwavering support, and we look forward to having you right here with us again on Power of the Cross Radio. Remember, your involvement truly makes a difference. And until next time, stay blessed.